join the World Happiness Fest, the largest forum of happiness and well-being in the world. Visit us at www.worldhappiness.foundation. We are realizing a world with freedom, consciousness, and happiness for all. Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. Welcome to a unique special edition of the Heroes of Reality podcast, partnered with the World Happiness Foundation. And this topic today, we're going to be diving deep into our connections to the planet. And I have a very special guest on today, Garrett Stewart. He is an environmental consultant, a biologist, a marine scientist. He uses a diverse background and love of storytelling to drive change in our future generations. His passion lies in bridging the gap between nature and our youth to teach families sustainable and safe farming and gardening techniques. And so without any delay, I'd like to welcome my friend, Captain Planet. Yo, yo. What's up, homies? How we doing, everybody? <laughs> hey, Cap, man. It is good to see you, man. It is good to connect. Um, when we're having the World Happiness Day, World Happiness Week here, talking about the planet and our connection to it, uh, I could think of no one else to bring on uh, besides Captain Planet. So, you know, uh, I'd love to talk to you a little bit about happiness and the planet. Absolutely. You know, and boy, you, you kind of struck a deep note with me, as you said, in our connection to the planet, you know, because that's what we're missing. You know, there's a there's an old Lakota saying that we have metakoyasi, mm. which means we're all related. We're all connected. And it's not just talking about all of us two-legged beings like the humans. It's talking about the homies, too. You know, the plants and the animals and the rocks and the stars and all these different things. You know, um, we've even dived into it with science a bit, you know, as far as the quantum physics theories and, and things like that. You could kind of say that those, those two things are one and the same. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's that connection to happiness that that's what I'm all about. Yeah. a connection to nature when you can feel that with the planet too you're, you're you're right like looking at that feeling connected to the planet like when you see animals and birds and trees and nature and you see it flourishing when you walk into a, like a, a a you know a budding forest and you can feel the life you can feel the happiness you know mm -hmm. but, when, but when you see animals get sick or you see some oil spills or things that happen and you see the pain you feel the pain because we are connected you know and there's you're a part of it yeah, we're a part of it in, as, as one organism, as one thing. We feel like we're individuals, but we really are constantly flowing through, right? You know, we, we built these houses and things to kind of like to insulate us from nature, but we still have those connections, right? And you know, in, we talked about something before, a while before, about, you know, inspiring kids to, to have them fall in love with the planet and love, fall in love with the oceans. And... Um, and I was asking you, how do you, you know, have kids, how do you inspire them to feel that connection, feel that love for the planet? Well, you know, these days, homie, kids like them video games. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've dropped a few quarters in a Donkey Kong pinball machine, but I don't know too much about video games. But mm -hmm. uh, all these kids, they go on and on and on about this Minecraft thing. You know, so I, I care enough that I'm looking into this video game, 
Minecraft, and it's basically bushcraft. You know, um, on this video game, they're learning how to to make a, a torch to light their way through the, the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, so I teach them in real life, you know, and how to use some pine sap and some green moss so that torch is also um, keeping away the mosquito homies. You know, so to me, incorporating survival skills and bushcraft mm -hmm. skills. Bushcraft, people think, is the same thing as survival. Survival is like I'm stuck in the woods and I want to get back to the town. Where bushcraft is more like I never feel like leaving this place. <laughs> you know, so how to like live in nature. Mm -hmm. And when you're teaching a kid how to make a primitive shelter, um, or how to make a fire with their bare hands, you know, and, and, and how to identify some of these plants and how to use them as medicine, you know, and, and, and what parts to use and how to use it. You know, when they start learning these things, they realize that they have power. You know, when you're teaching these kids things like how to grow their own food and, and how to be able to survive off nature, you're, you're giving them a sense of power and you're also giving them that sense of connection early on, you know, um, See, that's, I can't that's... imagine how sad it is to, to, to not be connected. You know what I mean? I, I talk mm -hmm. to a lot of people that aren't connected to nature, you know, and, and they're sad. Um, mm -hmm. I can't imagine how alone that that really feels because I've never truly felt it, you know, even if I'm alone, I've, I've still got the homies all around me. I've got life all around me. And one single um, grab of this dirt, I've got more micro homies in my hand than I do people on planet Earth. You know, so, I mean, I'm not alone. But yeah. when people don't grasp that, that magnitude of loneliness that we're starting to feel yeah. as a world, as, as a human species... And the more that we get on these screens, the less we start feeling. Yeah. But sometimes, like we're doing right now, we're using these screens to help teach people how to get their bare feet on the ground again. Like that's where mine are at. I, I, I slipped off my flip flops. You know, got <laughs> got to get that 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 uh, good ion exchange going on. Yeah, it reminds me of there's a as uh, a term I think the Japanese use. Uh, they call these things nature baths. And a nature bath is when you go and you walk in the forest and you just like literally bathe in all that's nature. And you go around, you feel it in, you soak it in. You, I mean, probably barefoot too. And just you I've just, been you doing just, that a lot, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's awesome. You feel that connection. I mean, and you're right because I mean, we sometimes we get comfortable being indoors. We get comfortable and we we want to go to social media because we want to feel that connection. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you get stuck in that scroll. We just scroll next, 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 mm -hmm. next. And it's, you have, we're, we're more connected than ever before, but we've, we've never felt more alone. And sometimes that, like that feeling of going into nature and like breathing in the air and like looking up at the trees or wherever you're at and just soaking all that stuff in you, you feel while you're not around people, you still, you, you feel like you're connected. Yeah. That you feel that yeah. warmth on your skin. And yeah, you know, like, I mean, what did, what advice would you give to people that are, that want to feel that connection to nature? Like how do they, what would be something that's that anybody can do to kind of just make that education? Connection? You know, that's why I like to do my thing mm. is because 
people aren't feeling as connected because they don't know the stories, you know, and, and I'm not just talking about cool old stories from old time. I'm talking about science too. You know, have you ever seen that movie avatar with the blue people? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One day soon we'll be able to prove that that's real with science as far as that connection. Mm -hmm. So, remember the mother tree and how these homies could just plug their hair into that mother tree and get connected. Well, on planet earth, that mother tree isn't a real tree. It's actually a mushroom, you know, it, it, it's mycelium, you know, so this mycelium, imagine a big cobweb all underneath the earth, all underneath our soils. And this cobweb is like a network of roads. So literally, I can put my foot down right now like I just did, and my foot is covering over 300 miles of these mycelium roads. And when I pick my foot back up, these roads are interacting and changing, grabbing new organic matter and sending it to different plants. So this is how plant homies can communicate with each other, not only just a species within a species but can mm -hmm. communicate to other species that would be like me walking up to a raccoon like what's up daryl how was your day I'm like oh, i found this big old mess of berries you want to share them with me you know and like you bet yeah. <laughs> i mean those conversations exist in my head but they're not really happening <laughs> with the tree homies and the plant homies it's all about sharing you ever wondered how a forest stays green, but there ain't no landscaping crew out there fertilizing the place? You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. it, the homies, it's, it's, it's this beautiful, amazing network. And even, you know, when you said that about mm -hmm. how, when we're in a place full of animals and beautiful birds and, you know, even if your place has been hurt, yeah. like my place has been hurt. Yeah. cutting down on my forest and my water's hurting but i'm still connected to it you know yeah i'm still not alone so like remember just because some of our our earth hurts doesn't mean that we need to give up and stay inside of our homes you know like when i'm hiking i'm like praying you know when I put my foot down into the earth, I realize that my descendants will, will be walking, picking up my vibes, you know? Mm. So I'm making sure I put good vibes and healing vibes. So when I put my foot down, I'm imagining my, my healing energy going into that earth and how I'm communicating and how I'm connecting with the earth. And then when I pick my foot up, I'm, I'm taking some of that pain away from her, mm. you know, and putting it in a place where it doesn't hurt anything again, you yeah. know? So it's like, as you get this connection, it gets deeper and deeper to where a 38 year old redneck can't even talk about it without getting teary eyed. It can be that intimate, yeah. you know, to where every footstep you're walking, like you have 3000 ancestors walking behind you, you know, yeah. and you've got the homies counting on each footstep. You know, and nowadays we just kind of, <laughs> we, we only move when we get sick of sitting still. <laughs> We're never really truly walking with any purpose. 
And I'm not, I don't mean theoretically, I mean, physically walking, you know, yeah. like, like most people when they walk into the woods, they just kind of, you know, <laughs> looking around like it's their first time there. If they don't know what to do. Doing that and that connection gets deeper and deeper mm -hmm. and deeper and you can let it go as deep as you want it to no different than that movie avatar why you think my hair's long i mean i got my halo <laughs> plug in there what's up mother tree <laughs> you're gonna start yeah, weaving all. yeah days like today where i'm tired mm. i still have enough you know mm. what i mean like like yesterday we were driving over to lake okeechobee and deploying um the first mechanical harvesting equipment you know i had the the Everglades coordinator for FWC there in support, like good things that we're doing for the planet. You know, a lot of times we're getting that planetary doom. Yeah. What you guys see on, on, on social media, it gets kind of bad, but as a scientist, I'm telling you, things are good. There's a lot of good things happening too, but we don't talk about the good things enough. And that there can affect your happiness too. <laughs> it's 100% it colors your world. And just to look at this real quick, you said that you're doing something for harvesting in the Everglades. Can you talk a little bit about well, what that is? So this is for Lake Okeechobee. Um, mm. So we have a really bad problem uh, with, with chemical addiction. You know, um, our politics are, are, are addicted to spraying Monsanto's Chinese chemicals all over the place. Mm. And it's, it's, it's hurting our ecosystems really bad. So mm. some good friends of mine have been working for a couple of years on this, you know, and I've always been a huge supporter. The company's called Aquaculture for anyone that would like to go in more depth on it. Mm -hmm. But basically, instead of spraying invasive weeds, we're mechanically harvesting them, which Lake Okeechobee's huge. You can't just load up a boat full of plants and drive it back to shore. That's an all day trip. You know, so what this is, is, is a barge system that turns it into a mulch slurry that sends it via hose and we're spreading it on hay fields for farmers. And that way we're relying less on mining fertilizers while at the same time cleaning up nutrient legacies, legacy nutrients, excuse me, um, mm. in Lake Okeechobee. Oh, that's awesome. So that, so you have an issue where you're, you're getting these, these plant growth that you necessarily don't want to be there. So instead mm -hmm. of just, instead of, you know, putting toxins on them and polluting the ground, you're actually repurposing it to actually use it as fuel and nutrients for Absolutely. hay fields and other areas. So you're actually having to take more... the nutrients out of the lake and then yeah. we put them where it's usable. Yeah. Absolutely. And, right. See, and that's one thing I, I think a lot of people lose it can be overwhelming to try to save the planet, to try to save the ocean. It just, it's just too much. It's so much. Yeah. Like I'm one, there are a lot of people go, I'm one person. I can't take action. I can't do a thing. It's pointless. Why even try? I might as well just throw litter on the ground or whatever the thing is, because there's no, there's no hope. We're all doomed. Right. And that is not true because our future isn't written yet. Um, yeah. And you know, what are things that, you know, some things that people may not be aware of that they could do that could help them to take action or that to give them hope that we can actually kind of push this stuff in the right direction. You know, before I talk about what we can do, also remember <clears throat> for anyone watching this, that thinks to themselves, I'm just one person. So am I. <laughs> so am I. 
look how much I've been able to get done. You know, the more we start dissolving that mentality that we're, we're only one person, it's a, it's an oppressed way to feel. Mm-hmm. And, and why I'm saying this is because I want the people watching to be inspired on just how much one person can do. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about all these people that are in my mind. My, my auntie Betty Osceola and, and all these just one person doing so much. What can you do to help find those people? Find those one persons. Watch what they do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you start learning. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as it's not about just uh, find an organization and volunteer. You know, it's about changing our mindsets. What are you using in your in your washing machine? Are you, are you using detergents? You know, they're, they're pretty nasty. You know, like how, how are you getting it dry? You know, what, what kind of soaps are you using? How'd you wash your hair this morning? Did your soap come in a plastic bottle? You know, there's 30, no, I think 80 billion plastic bottles made every year for shampoo and hair conditioner alone. All because we got so foolish that we forgot the one thing that our showers all have in common. Water. (laughs) Water. Like there's a new line of uh, Captain Planet barred shampoo and conditioner coming out that I'll be able to tell you guys about it soon. I'd tell the name now if I could remember. It's got a cool pirate looking logo. I know that. Um, But that's a huge yeah. thing. Just right there. Yeah. Your your shampoo and your hair conditioner. You like I use barred shampoo and I use barred conditioner. And I got mm. hair as pretty as Fabio. You know, so these little kind of things that we can change. Like I'm mm. not around people enough. I don't even wear deodorant and I, I like stopped wearing it. I dated a girl that said that she liked how I smelled. Um we're not together anymore. And I think I'm just too big and scary for anybody to tell me like, Hey, Caps, you're like kind of stinky, bro. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. There's all these different things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it comes down to, I'm pulling into a convenience store. I'm on the road. Yeah. For whatever reason, I didn't bring a reusable cup, you know, like I, I didn't bring a cup that I can just go fill with, water darn it i got a bunch of leaves in mine now getting connected (laughs) but (laughs) let's say you have to buy water they don't sell water in 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 paper they sell it in plastic knowing the difference and as far as getting a gallon of that water and the fact that that plastic in that gallon is is more recyclable than than the tiny little bottles you know those little kinds of changes that we can make, make a huge impact. Mm. I know a lot of people that care that also drink 100% bottled water, you know, out of a fear of what they might be drinking out of the faucet, get a filter. You know, I, I don't know where you think the, the, the bottled water's coming from, like as far as <laughs> use a filter too, kind of thing. Um, we need to get over these kinds of mindsets. 
our convenience is killing us. And that's actually the thing is you're right. The looking at a lot of the things, it's habits, right? They're habits and patterns. Yeah. And you get stuck in these habits and patterns. Mm-hmm. And I was someone who drank a bunch of bottles of water. I did those things until finally I got my own little like aqua thermos thing. And I just use that mm-hmm. for everything. And I just, I just, I fill that up. And I mean, those are all just micro. It's just figuring out what, what works for each person that they can make those small, those little shifts, those little changes you know, because then if you if you know that you're you're taking those small actions, you you feel better, you feel happier. Absolutely. You, you have some sort of impact. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. if you forgot your reusable grocery bags, it yeah. happens. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget my you I'll get to the grocery store and gosh darn it, my I left the bags at the house. Yeah. Well, simply asking for paper bags instead of the plastic bags makes a huge difference. As a scientist will tell you, it's a it's a little easier to grow trees than it is sea turtles, you know? So, <laughs> um, knowing just that though, like, yeah. you know, of course use the reusable bags, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That's, that's what I try to do. But when I do forget, like if I'm on the road or something like that, um, just knowing that difference of getting a paper bag versus a plastic bag, you know, if we all start doing those little things, and our, our little ones are watching us make those changes, you know, they're going to follow in our footsteps, you know, so it, it's, what? it needs to be common sense to start caring, but the more mm-hmm. people realize that that happiness comes with care, yeah. you know, like when you start caring, I'm going to be honest with you, man, I, I used to hate myself mm-hmm. and I used to hate myself more than I've ever seen anyone on this earth hate anything. Mm. I didn't know how to love myself. And I, I love nature, though. <laughs> and I'd take care of nature. Yeah. And it was the simple acts of, like, taking care of nature for so long that I don't exactly know when, but somewhere along the line, I began, I, I, I fell in love with myself. Mm. You know, like I went from hating myself more than I've ever seen anyone hate anything to being my own hero. Mm. Like, to like, like, bro, you're the man, you know, like, good for you. Like, and all that was really just from taking care of nature, you know, and getting connected to nature and, and, and not just saying, what can you do for me? But what can I do for you? Yeah. Just that simple act of kindness over and over again made me fall in love with myself. Like, that's why well, I'm happy. Well, one thing, <laughs> when you said really that actually, that really sticks with me is this, is that like, we're humans, right? We're, we're inherently to say, we're inherently designed to save energy. Right. So what do we do? We want the easiest, most comfortable path that we can take the convenience. Right. Okay. Give me the, give me the water bottles or give me the other things. It could be anything. Right. But then over time we can't view ourselves with respect. We can't view ourselves that we're the heroes of the story because we know we're taking the easy path. And so there's this like, this, like this feeling that we could be doing more, that we could be more and then that we could give more in some ways, shapes or forms. And and then until you take those actions, right, you, you, you view yourself as like, oh, I'm just, I'm just getting by. 
versus I'm doing my part. I'm a community. And there's a thing about you're taking the easy path, the convenient path, right? But it doesn't feel like you're a part of the tribe, the tribe yeah. of the planet, right? And yeah. so it's like, yeah. and so once, once you feel like you're a contributing member of the tribe, you feel this sense of, I have a purpose, I have a place, I have a responsibility. And sometimes it's inconvenient and sometimes I don't want to do it. But then you know you do it and you can view yourself with respect and you can yeah. view yourself as being that. And I think that is one of the, the big missing pieces that we have. But sometimes we need that moment. Sometimes we just need to get beat down to realize that we need to change. And yeah. and like like and, and and it happens for everybody at different moments in time. And I'm curious for you, like what was that, what was that moment for you? Like what was that like like were you were you always Captain Planet or what was the thing that caused you to transform? No, nah, I wasn't always Captain Planet. You know, but I, I really like what you said about being that tribe of Earth. You yeah. know, and, and speaking of tribal, like I had someone of a tribe. I'm not going to say what tribe, you know, but mm. they told me once that um, European people uh didn't have souls and and you know and and didn't mean it in a mean way you know and i kind of asked like like you know how how do you think that mm -hmm. and i said well look at how they treat the earth like how how could they have a soul they weren't saying it mean they were saying it with a broken heart bro but when you were talking about that, man, I couldn't help but to hear that. You know, like when you were talking about that yeah. lost connection and like that lack of respect for oneself, you know, and like maybe in all that, we started to literally lose our souls. You know what I mean? <laughs> At least lost, lost contact with it lost connection with it you know what i mean yeah but as far as me no i, I hadn't always been captain planet you know I, I used to be a trapper um i used to uh i used to take advantage of my knowledge for nature and i would um trap animals and club them in the head and, and take their furs to trade for bad things um since I was a sophomore in high school, I was prescribed opiates by mm -hmm. doctors because I have a, a back thing, you know, this back disease. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it as an excuse. I'm saying it to where like my mind wasn't, wasn't really right regardless, mm -hmm. you know, because those kinds of things can really cloud our mentality and our, and our connection, you know, and, I was uh, running a trap line, and this was back when I was still in college. And I, I heard a, a whimper, mm. and and I heard uh, it turned into a scream as I got closer. It was this little baby coyote puppy. And a leg hold trap's not designed to kill an animal, but this was a, a very young coyote, and where it hit him, it snapped across his shoulders and, 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 and got his spine. You know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't any saving this little feller. And I felt pretty bad about it. 
but I, I, I lifted that club up for what would be the last time. And, and I rained it down on him like a thunderbolt. Hmm. When I, uh, I always scratch at it cause it didn't ever heal. <laughs> this is like, shit, it seemed like 20 years ago or something now, but I cut my hand on the trap and, uh, my blood mixed with his blood. And uh, the old ones say that um, something happens when 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 that happens when you share blood like that and <clears throat> getting all emotional. I saw myself through the uh, the coyote's eyes, and I didn't like what I saw. I wasn't Captain Planet. I was uh, I was the Angel of Death. And looking around, <clears throat> squirrels and birds and different animals. And I swear even the trees were looking at me like they were ashamed of me. And this monster that I'd become. And that was it for me. I went home and I physically melted down the traps so that they couldn't, couldn't do that anymore. And uh, I realized there wasn't enough homies left to, to live like that. It might have been how some of my ancestors survived a long, long time ago, but maybe, maybe back in the day, being a warrior was about hunting buffalo, but maybe today being a warrior is about bringing the buffalo back. You know, because being a warrior is about learning how to survive in the times that you're given yeah and and what i was told an old holy man once he said that being a warrior isn't about strength or courage or wisdom being a warrior for a man and he was specific about being a man because he didn't know what it was to be a woman but being a warrior for a man is about learning how to cry and being vulnerable with your tears because when a man learns how to cry, he gains compassion, you know? Yeah. And with compassion, he can gain humility. And with all these virtues, he can, he can gain a sense of balance and understanding of that connection, you know? We're connected whether we know it or not. You know, the religion calls it spirit. Science calls it energy. The streets call it vibe. I ain't telling you all what to call it. I'm just saying that it might be worth listening to. That's <laughs> how you get connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Um, and you know, it's thank you, thank you for sharing that story, man. I could, I could feel it. You know, yeah. I could, feel, I could, I could feel the energy, and I could feel it, and the, then that the pain, and you know, I've noticed that, like. From, I mean, for me personally too, is those, that moment of great sadness transformed you into, into making, um, making up for it or doing your part or doing what you can mm -hmm. to, to get reconnected to nature. And I think a lot yeah. of people, we, we select, we try to selectively numb, 
right? Whether name a thing, right? Whether it's social media or um, any of the other things or uh, drugs or staying busy or whatever it might be. And then we, we, we do it at a convenience and then we feel isolated. Then we feel alone and then we feel disconnected. Yeah. And, and what's sad about that is that like, it means we get, we get chronic anxiety, right? We get these low level things that happen over time, you know, but you, which, what you really need is an extreme, like, you know, you're in the forest and a jungle cat starts chasing you. You better run. You better run now. You better run hard. That is the right time to be scared because yeah. you are dinner, right? You need you that. Get eaten. <laughs> you need that, right? You need that burst of a thing. Yeah. But some people have these chronic, this chronic sadness, right? That happens over time that it's, it's nothing in, so intense like you experience, right? It's nothing so intense like you experience where you're like, Enough is enough. I'm going to change. And instead, it's all this like low level chronic anxiety, sadness that happens over time that that they, they it's never enough. Right. To, yeah. to do it. And they just kind of like become less than what they could what they could potentially be by having that one major hit. Um, and I, I mean, on the on the topic of that, um, you know, talk to me a little bit about um this this integrated this the science of sadness this this really like what makes us this way why do we feel this way why is happiness so hard yeah right yeah what's, what's this about because you know happiness is kind of a human thing yeah happiness is merely a perspective you know so why is it so hard for us to be happy? Because happiness doesn't survive. <laughs> Being scared survives. You know, and that's really what you're getting at with the science of, of worry and the science of sadness. Um, I give everybody an analogy of our raccoon homie, a cousin of ours, another mammal. We know that we're mammals. We at least don't argue that. You know, we're, we're mammals. <laughs> so... The raccoon can eat a thousand things that taste good and he'll never remember it, but he tastes one thing that makes him sick and he will remember it for the rest of his life. And he'll even go around the forest, write little Yelp raccoon reviews over it, you know, about how bogus his plan is. The reason why is because you have to, you have to know what makes you sick. You know, every time that raccoon, at least down here where I live, every time that raccoon gets a drink of water, he's he's nervous as hell because mm -hmm. the alligator lives in the water and they'd love to eat him. You know what I mean? So it, it's it's one of these things where we're still cavemen. We just build our own caves now and call them houses like we all still live in a cave like mine's right there, <laughs> you know, so. We're still mammals and all of our cousins and, and including us, the reason why we're here is because we're good at being stressed and we're good at being worried and we're good at staying on top of that worry to the point that it doesn't lead to our deaths. I mean, if there was some doofus raccoon that was just never worried about getting eaten, like, 
he would be in the extinction list. He would not be here. You know what I mean? Like everything on this planet basically exists because of a long process of worrying about trying not to get eaten, worrying about food, worrying about water, worrying about shelter. Those are the four inherent worries that everything on the planet is, is worried about. But us humans, we no longer have that. We're not worried about trying not to get eaten. We're not worried about water. We just turn on the faucet. We're not worried about food. We just open the refrigerator. Or God forbid we got to go to the grocery store. You know, for the most part, we're not worried about a place to live. You know, like, here's a great example is like, I'm looking at a place that I just got told that, that sold the place where I live. So, you know, I've got, I've got minimal time to find a new place to live. I'm less stressed, I think, about that than most people are about what kind of Starbucks coffee they're going to order. <laughs> but it's understanding yeah. that that stress is okay. And what I'm talking about is not severe depression. What I'm talking about is not severe anxiety. You know, there are chemical imbalances that people have that they experience sadness at a depth that we can't even probably understand. And I'm not by any means at all trying to make those people feel like, oh, just go hike more and you're going to feel better. Um, I'm not trying to say that. But for the average person, we all are going to have this inherent worry that we can't get rid of out of our DNA that flows through us like a running buffalo. You know, we can't get rid of it. So sometimes when we experience our home and nature and smelling these plants and feeling the ground at our feet, it connects us to that ancestral DNA that goes, oh, I, I think we're good. We're, we're not getting eaten by anything. Mm. But let's face it, like we live in man villages we live in a place where spirits get eaten, you know, mm -hmm. in the man villages, people get eaten every day. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to find a place to rent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's $2,000 more <laughs> than, than what I'm already paying, you know, like, yeah. like as far as there's general fears, but to remember, you know, like, like if we have that connection, what are we really worried about? Like, I, I know how to live in nature. I'm going to be just fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But if we spend more time in nature and less worried about these little boxes that we live in and the little boxes that we drive to work and little boxes that we go in when we work, you know, if we start putting a little bit more nature in our days, you'll yeah. find that, that that will be some 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 helping on your happiness. You know, is to just get out there and experience some nature because it lets your mind reload like a battery getting recharged. You know, mm. man villages, we get eaten. Yeah. But in nature, nobody's going to eat us for the most part. I mean, unless a bear's having a bad day. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
for the most part, nobody gets yeah. eaten out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, 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 for the most part, we've got these level one jungles, right? If you, if you get lost in the Amazon, things might be a little different in the yeah. storyline. Sto but for the most part, yeah. I mean, you're looking but at. I mean, in reality, you're probably got a better chance of walking through the Amazon than freaking walking through Sarasota, Florida. You know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, we're, we're afraid of nature, mm. but the funny thing is, is it's way safer than we are. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sometimes we also don't realize yeah. that that vague brutality of nature. You know, yeah. we get hard on ourselves as humans like that. We're evil, you know, and mm. all these things and just bad. Nature can be pretty evil and bad, too, you know, as far as like. I've never watched a human mother eat her own children. I can't say mm. that about all species, you know, mm. like things get brutal out there too. You know, we ought to not be so hard on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, well, I, I think that that's a big problem, including myself. You know, I'm, I'm way too hard on myself. Yeah. You know, I, I'm way too hard on myself. Yeah. There's a couple of things that you said there that, I mean, I really, I mean, to resonate with is one is the fact that like, I mean, the, the way that we all got here was by surviving and replicating, right? Like mm -hmm. survive, make more, keep going. And the ones that are the, were the most worried, the most concerned or the most frightful, you know, it's the, the evolution doesn't, doesn't really care if you're happy. It just says, Hey man, just, if you, if you can just stress out the entire time, you'll survive. And but there's a difference from, from just surviving to thriving to being in abundance and having that kind of mindset. And there's also a thing around part of the being happy is accepting your emotions. A lot of people, what they'll do is they'll try to, they'll try to mask up, right? They'll be like, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. Everything's good. Everything. I'm so happy right now. And they're, but they're not acknowledging what they're really feeling. They're not yeah. acknowledging the sadness. And if you don't, especially like if you came out and said, man, like, I'm sad, man. You said, I'm, I'm worried about my house. I'm trying to find a place, right? I'm it's okay. To, it's yeah. okay. But that, yeah, that's man. Like it's, that's why I said that. Like, yeah. it's like, like I want people to know that I get stressed out too. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I may not go live and go on a rant about yeah. it, but I get stressed out too. Yeah. I get sad too. But you, but you, know? you create, but when you create that vulnerability, you create a main line to your heart. Mm -hmm. Right, you well, feel I'm that? always looking out for future, dude. I, I make me vids, me vids, yeah. What's that's that? like a thing that I invented. So. <laughs> what's a me vid? What's, what's <laughs> yeah, it's me vids. Um, so I have a photo album in my yeah. phone, yeah, titled me vids. And what it is is videos that I make for me. Oh, and okay. every, every so I'm sitting there one day thinking, like, you know, how we all save money for a rainy day. Like that's, that's a physical thing. Why don't we ever save any money for a mental rainy day? Mm. Like we know we're going to have a bad day. Like if I'm super stressed, I go to my me vids uh. and, and let the past dude cheer me up. So every start <laughs> of every video, I go, Hey dude, it's me, you. And I giggle <laughs> like it's like, Bill and Ted's ex you know, every time, like, hey, dude, it's me, you, <laughs> you know, just rip out a big giggle. And I always make it like when I'm in a really good mood, like, yeah, I, I'm like in the truck, like, hey, what's up, dude? It's me, you. We just got done installing like 20 artificial reefs and had three freaking elementary schools there. It was so awesome, bro. You were so cool, dude. 
if you're having a bad day, man, just remember, cheer the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, I said the F word, but I like to make myself laugh. You know, yeah. so when I am having a bad day, yeah. it cracks me up that, <laughs> that yesterday dude is sitting there caring about future dude enough that present dude can can benefit from it. You know, oh, so man. it's a little trifecta going yeah. on. I love you know, it. So dude. I'm always looking out for future dude, you know, uh, so that that helps, you know, like, but if you think about it, why did I have to invent that? Why isn't that taught in like every single public school everywhere? Yeah. Like, why has nobody ever once in my life stopped and said, hey, maybe do some things for yourself for when you're in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because like you said, we're all wearing masks pretending to feel something different. Yeah. And, 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 and we wear that mask so much that we pretend that we're never going to have a bad day. And homie, that ain't true. If we didn't have bad days, how would we know how we're having a good one? <laughs> It would all just be mediocre days. That's just a medium day. You know, nobody says they're having a medium day. Yeah. It's either a bad day or a good day. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just medium day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be feeling it, but you're never going to say it's just a medium. I think I'm going to do that. What I'm, kind of day you have? God, medium. <laughs> I'm going to go with a medium well. Five you know? and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we think that we're never going to have a bad day. We live and we exist as if it's never going to happen. And there's the shame around communicating that you aren't like, okay. Like, especially for like dudes, we usually get, especially. Two you get two emotions, good, mm -hmm. good or pissed. That's yep. what we get. We get good and pissed. I'm good. I'm pissed. That's all. And then get. usually good means really, really pissed. Yeah, it does. It does because, because you're trying to be honorable. You want to be honorable. You're trying to be a, a stiff upper lip, right? But you don't, it's not true. And, but there's like, if you could just get that out, right? Oh man, yeah. Gary Cooper and John Wayne and them boys sure did a number for us. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like me and you were raised by the men who idolize those men. You know what I mean? And this whole men don't cry, you know, BS. Like mm -hmm. we need to help each other heal as men. Yeah. The women have always been doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're always down to talk to one another and help each other heal. Yeah. Like, but, but we're not a lot of times. And like, and I get it. Like I can get a text from a friend about his problems. And my first thoughts, like, I don't want to hear about your problem, <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to, I got to end that mentality. Mm -hmm. You know, like how can I sit there and say that, we need to help each other as men heal if I'm not willing to actually do it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that mentality is so programmed into my mind that it actually exists in there still, yeah. you know, like, like to where I'm like, God dang, man, like what kind of friend are you? You know, you don't want to hear about it. Yeah. His problems. Like well, that's, even Sounds like you know, a bad friend. <laughs> well, think about that, man. And look about what you're talking about. The same exact thing, what you do to your friends, what I've done to my friends, right, is the same thing that we do to ourselves. Yeah. I don't got time to listen to my own BS. I don't got time to hear that. I ain't got, I got, 
I've got I got things to do. I've got things I gotta I gotta handle my business. Quit I can't whine and boy. Yeah, yeah, suck it up. <laughs> suck it up. Quit being that way, right? We don't even we, we we the way that we treat our friends is the way we treat ourselves, right? And we're not even usually that kind to ourselves, you know. Yeah. And that's why that's why I love the the me vids. The uh I mean I, it's a good I, idea. I love it. it. I, I'm thinking self V's, but I like me vids. I like the idea of it because you're right, because you're if you, for if, me. If you took a moment to go, I'm gonna try to make myself giggle. I'm gonna have a little surprise giggle bomb that I'm gonna record for myself, and I'm gonna totally not even gonna remember that I did this, but I'm gonna leave it to myself as a little gift to unwrap. And you're trying to play because if you play that game, because we're all playing games, right? Some people are trying to play the game of getting paid, right? Some people are trying to <laughs> try and play the game of, of saving the world, right? And and sometimes you 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 get so focused on that like that that goal that you forget to enjoy yourself along the way and then it just that that energy spreads and you kind of then you start living in that world it, and you make them me vids dude you keep it yeah. for me keep it for you and it yeah. keeps it sacred because i tell yeah. you what i could probably share any me vid and it would be instant viral yeah like because i swear the best videotapes i just make for me yeah. like i the other day i'm hiking <laughs> and i see this tree and it's like squatted down with these two like lumps that like it looks like a man like kind of sitting in a chair. So yeah. I make a me vid with with some rap music of me giving it a lap dance on the tree. Like, <laughs> like, like, what's up, future dude? It's me, you. It's like just just jamming with nature, man. Like, get out there and love yourself today, buddy. <laughs> And it's me dancing to, to WAP. No, I love it. <laughs> that that, that yeah. wet old pizza song yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's already beat. <laughs> it can rain. You know, it's actually yeah. raining. Yeah. Oh, dude. We've got some trees in this house. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but that's beautiful. But that's the thing is like you can, the, the, the thing is, can you, can you have purpose and can you have humor, right? Like they don't have to be exclusive. And we, sometimes we take ourselves so seriously, man. That's why yeah. I love that. But the thing is like, if you're concerned the way that people are going to judge you, if, if I'm concerned the way that people are going to judge me, right. You, you pull back, you, you armor up, you protect yourself because you, like, we got this thing like paper armor, you know, yeah. we're yeah. Like, like, everything's great. And then someone pokes you and you just crumple to the ground. Yeah. Right. But like yeah. real armor is that you expose yourself and you let people, you let people come at you and if you can really if you can really take it right and really go with it and still feel good and make light of it and enjoy it man then you can really be happy it's like it's like it's like yeah. a, it's like a deeper it's like a deeper happiness knowing yeah even if it's even if you're not okay you're okay and you're still good right? i mean look at me i look like a real life pirate with tie-dye <laughs> and a feather in my hat you know like i stopped caring a long time ago and i'm loving it <laughs> not every day's great you know mm. there's always going to be bumps but like getting through those bumps is is kind of what defines well, us but you know? but look at that though one thing is like you're talking about i don't care but you do care i've seen you care i feel yeah you care. I've, I've seen enough i, of I your do care but not about that yes but but look at that that's what creates the happiness the happiness mm -hmm. is you're caring for something more than your own ego absolutely you know like saying? i was gonna say like i I don't, me saying I don't care sounds dumb. Like, like, yeah. cause I care a lot. Yeah. I just met like about the appearance. Sometimes like in the science realm, they want you to be all serious looking and 
I don't fit the bill. <laughs> I know. That's but all you, I don't care about is, is fitting that bill. Yeah. You know, fit your own bill. Be what you want to be. You know, yeah. nobody's going to stop you. As long as you ain't hurting nobody and ain't hurting the homies, you, you know, you ain't doing nothing wrong. Yeah, and, I, and I've seen, and I know because you are a scientist, you do have an accreditation to your background. I, I know you make artificial reeds. I mean, I've, I've heard you talk about building duckweed energy that can like help the planet. And there's all this crazy stuff that you do. Um, some sort of fractal um, uh, coral reef things and breaking those Ooh. things apart, though. These are like fragmentation, all yeah. fragmentation, which is all like <laughs> crazy sciencey stuff that I'm like, yeah. But I look at you, I'm like, hey, go get your white lab coat and go put it on because you're confusing me. Your message yeah. is very confusing me because you do look, you do look a little hillbilly hippie-ish. But my, my white awesome. lab coat's tie-dye too, bro. <laughs> 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 okay, well, okay, real quick. I want to talk about that because I, I I remember that fragmentation. I want to shift into that. Talk about that just because I think a lot of people don't really know about it. And a lot of people think, oh, our oceans are, are done. Everything's over. There's nothing we can do with our oceans. But there's some crazy tech stuff that you're working on that other people I know that they're working on. And I want to just yep. for, talk a little bit about that and, and what yeah. that looks like. So my boy, Dr. Coral, um, he's a uh, Man, that guy's like one of my best mentors, you know, like tighter than Garth Brooks's jeans kind of thing. Gotta love Dr. Coral. His real name's Dr. David Vaughn. Um, so Dr. David Vaughn was growing corals, right? Yeah. And he was actually growing them for aquariums so that people wouldn't go out and rob the real corals. And then Jacques Cousteau's grandson came up to him and like congratulated me like you missed it you know and of course dr coral like his biggest hero is jacques Cousteau, you know and jacques Cousteau's grandson like you missed it huh and, you know he's like what do you mean and so he's looking out over the reef and said why don't you grow them for out there replant the reef you know and he's like oh this is great so we would grow these corals about to the size of a quarter Mm -hmm. And then we would plant them back on the reef. Problem is, is reefs are dying pretty fast. We've already lost about half of the world's corals already. Um, good news is, uh, don't stop watching after that news, is we can fix them faster than they're dying now. So it was taking three to five years for a coral to get that big as far as to be able to plant. Um, and then what happened was what we call a eureka moment in science. So... Dr. Vaughn went to move one of the corals that had fallen down. Um, it had fallen off the track and it attached itself to a PVC pipe as we were growing them in like a lab setting. Um, so it's not the ocean as far as PVC pipe and all that. So he goes and he grabs that coral and it breaks. And what was left was just three polyps, three little small holes on, on a part of what we call the coral is a polyp. Now, he was curious on, you know, of course he's bummed out, you know, this coral that take three to five years to grow and he just accidentally broke it. It's like, leave it here. Want to study it to see how long it takes to die due to stress. Well, two weeks later, each little polyp had grown what was previously taken us three to five years to be able to grow. We didn't realize but if you singled down a coral to one polyp, it basically thought it was a baby again. How much did you and I grow from day one to year five versus year 30 to year 35? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it grows exponentially. So not only that, but we figured out that if we take the same genome, for example, I'm trying to see in the screen, like imagine my hand is a piece of coral yeah. um, and it's got different branches on it. Imagine all these branches are experiencing coral bleaching and turning white and dying, except for this branch. We'll cut that branch off and then take it back to the labs and then we'll cut it into one polyp called that fragmenting or fragmentation. So we're fragmenting these corals to get them to grow faster. But if I take like a starlet coral that grows on a boulder and I take all those, this is hard to wrap up all this coral biology, what people probably don't know. Coral doesn't like to grow to itself. It fights itself as far as two corals don't grow together really in mm -hmm. nature. It has to be the same thing, that same genome. But we figured out if we cut from the same coral and the same genome, and then we go out and go on a, a boulder, let's say the size of me, and, and put polka dots as far as coral growth, in two years, it'll be completely covered. They'll fuse back together because they think that they're from the same organism. They don't want to compete mm. because they think it's them, you know? So it's, it's amazing because what we're able to do is in two years, we can do what takes nature eight to 1200 years to be able to accomplish, wow. you know? So it's just a matter of getting the word out and different things. Um, word on the streets is um, Elon Musk might be a, uh, front and a hundred million to help with that project. Um, as far as the coral restoration goes, um, Dr. Vaughn was up for, uh, one of the X prizes, mm -hmm. you know, so it's some amazing stuff going on out there, guys. There's a lot of amazing science happening. Um, and all these integrated technologies coming together faster than we can even predict how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. Um, all helps with the conservation side of thing because it makes things more accurate. You know, we're looking at a point in time where in as little as by 2025, Uber's talking about like being completely in the sky, like straight up jets and cars, you know, that all run off electric and, and drive themselves and all this and that. And, and, and they're showing statistics on how, you know, that costs the average American, if you don't even think about the price of a vehicle, just the gasoline maintenance and insurance alone cost about 59 cents per mile to own a vehicle. Well, now they've figured out a way that it'll only cost us 42 cents a mile to not own a vehicle. So it's very likely, Dylan, that, that our children won't ever even own a vehicle. Wow. Like they just go outside and one comes out of the sky and picks them up like the Jetsons, you know, like it's, it's some wild times, but with these kind of technologies, we're actually like helping the environment more than we are hurting the environment, mm. you know? So of course not straight across the board, you know what I mean? But for yeah. the most part, agriculture, all these things get more accurate. And when things get more accurate, there's less waste. Yeah. You know, when you can program every single rig, every single spray rig in big agriculture to have a green seeker technology satellite that's picking up the chlorophyll. We had a little bit of a technical difficulty here.
all good. We are back and we are left off with was big agriculture. And so Garrett, you were talking about uh, with what we could do with more efficiency in agriculture was what again? Um, you know, the point I was making is, is the more accurate we are with things, the less waste that we're creating. You know, and, and one of the major wastes that, that agriculture creates is, is fertilizer leaching. Um, but a farmer doesn't want that to happen because that's fertilizer not going into the plant that he's trying to sell. Um, you know, to me, I'm imagining every spray rig, everything that, that lays down our fertilizers to be able to have green seeker technologies. Um, it's a technology that picks up the algorithm um, for the levels of chlorophyll in a plant. So basically measuring how green the corn is looking, it can simultaneously predict what you need to top dress with fertilizer in order to not waste anything. Um, because if you think about farming as a business, you're growing plants to sell, like like waste is, is, is money that you're, you're not making back. So mm. it's good for the farmers and it's also good for the planet. Um, the more that we start getting our water usage under control and our leaching under control and different things like that. That's incredible. So you're saying basically as our technology gets better, we get more efficient, more efficient, less pollution, less pollution, overall healthier, happier planet. 100%. Um, people that are really into these new technologies, um, a fascinating book is uh, called faster the future is faster than you think by peter diamandis mm. and the guy's got some good credentials in fact dr coral dr david bonds mentioned in that book too um but there's some amazing technologies out there um that we're not even hearing about yet so it, it's it's pretty cool stuff yeah, I think it's great. And Captain, I love all the work that you do. I love the the technologies you're putting out there and the message that you're spreading, brother. So um, with that being said, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you? Um, I think we'll just leave it at what the Lorax said, you know, unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing's going to get better. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Captain, much appreciation, brother. Uh, have a blessed and beautiful day. And if people want to find out more about what you do, how do they find out? Um, the Eco Preservation Project is the name of my company. Um, mm -hmm. As far as YouTube and Facebook, it's too long of a name for TikTok. So it's Captain Planet EPP on TikTok. Um, but you can check out the website too, ecopreservationproject.com. You can check out anything from jewelry that I hand make to help raise funds um, to purchasing your own artificial mini reef or, or booking a camping trip or guided hike with me, whatever folks want. Beautiful. I try to provide an opportunity to help teach people how to get literally connected to nature. You know, so if you want to come down to Florida and have yourself a time, I'll show you how. <laughs> I love it, brother. All right, Cap, have a great and wonderful rest of your day. Uh, much appreciation, much love, and I will see you on the other side. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Peace and love. Peace and love, brother. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.